2: Hey, how does uh, how does Sporting Kansas City score four goals and Graham Zusi has no involvement? In <laughs> <either>? Like, <laughs> probably because he plays
3: so- defense. I know. I know we need to remind you every now and then. but, <laughs> oh, but he, I mean, he's he's
2: up there. Like,
0: this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazo.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of Rotowire, joined by JD Bazo and Skylar Redpath to talk about Week Three of Major League Soccer. Guys, welcome back, and what's going on with Major League Soccer fantasy?
2: I hope you had uh, all the goals last week.
1: <laughs> I have a, a predicament that I'm, as I'm working on my team for week three and I can't decide if it's more important to get guys who are going to score points or guys whose price is going to go up. Like where should I be focusing JD?
3: Well, fortunately I think this week we can kind of have some overlap in that regard. Okay. But I don't, I think, um, you pick guys that you think are going to rise in price. And then you just, there's enough of those after the first two weeks that some of them are going to score well. And you hope you grab those players. I don't know. It, it wasn't a super tough decision for me this week. I think maybe the following week, depending on the matchups, it'll be, it'll be harder. But for anyone who is catching up the, um, the hot topic in MLS fantasy is not the switcheroos, it is now the, the price changes. Um, some people are really already running away with their team value. Um, I think mine is 103.8. Oh. Andrew, do you want to share yours? 99.9. Right. And uh, I know it's just some drastic changes. And what we found out in the week two price changes is that players that did well in week one – and did poorly in week two, still rose. Um, Some of them had the maximum price increase, even though they got like zero or one points. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's a five-game rolling average. So in week three, if a player did well in, honestly, either of the first two weeks, if they did pretty well, they're going to be worth rostering again. And if there's a good player that had put up duds in their first or second game and have been dropping already, it's going to take a a pretty big performance for them to turn that around and get a price increase. I mean, they might be able to neutralize their price change with a good game. But, um, yeah, so it's tough. I mean, I don't see any reason to pick somebody that is going to likely lose value because there's enough options that aren't going to lose value. I think you can get them in your lineup. So no matter what, you know you're getting a price change if you play your cards right and uh, hope the points flow from there. That's kind of my strategy. Skyler,
1: how are you looking at
3: it?
2: Yeah, honestly, I haven't really dug in too much into the s- supposed algorithm that's out there. Um, definitely need to, to touch up on it, but I think JD just explained um, really I think what I needed to hear. I've got 100.8, I believe, so I think I was at 101, and then I dropped like 200,000 this past week, which – you know, full disclosure. I had a pretty busy weekend and may have let my team uh, go a little bit. <laughs> so I got some catching up to do, both in the actual points and my bankroll. So hopefully week three is is uh, a a launch pad for me this season. yeah, the the crazy thing was I checked my team value on Monday,
3: expecting it to have gone down because I mean I had a good week. I had seventy nine points. Um, I actually moved up overall, almost in the top 100 now. But I thought for sure some of my high priced guys were going to go down, like Miram. Or wait, Miram did go down. Sorry. Yeah, he went Pedro, down. Pedro Santos is a good example. He got me four points and he still uh, increased 200,000. Um, I think Ben Sweat is another example. He got four points and went up the max, 500,000 um
2: jeez. So right you think we, so like you think we should maybe grab a guy like Vako, for instance hit 17 points opening weekend he had a bye week two hit. yeah so, Vako could get a zero and i think he would still go up the max
1: i think the same well, the same with nikolic
2: or uh like danny hosen down to like yeah, or even right down to guys like uh, Bezicord and Rebus who just crushed it this past week, but they might not even play. That's that's weekend. a problem.
3: If they play zero minutes, they don't get a price change. Ah, okay. And there's also some conjecture that if they play, like, very limited minutes, they're somehow penalized. So if they would come on for, like, five minutes, um, I'm not sure what happens then. I would think that their average still kind of pulls it up from last week. But maybe it's, for some reason they're penalized for the the limited minutes i'm not, I'm not positive about that but um
1: so, so to to follow up on that with the price changes, I was working on my team a little bit uh earlier today, and I found myself essentially seeing guys that I liked that didn't perform that well in week one um or or week two I guess they're the other problem is that, like, Chicago's only played one game. San Jose only played one game. So that so that everyone's like, well, after week five, then everything will even out. But it's, like, it's actually probably week six when we start to see it because it's, like, five the five-game average. But um, I was just basically trying to play four high-priced midfielders and three high-priced forwards. And to build the rest of my team, I was basically coming, like, four points short, which – JD, you have that money, but I don't have it. And like, it's already going to push me further back because theoretically you could have your top four midfielders and top three forwards. And I literally cannot roster those guys based on my salary.
3: Yeah, it's, it's an absurd premise that we're playing fantasy and instead of picking who's going to do good this week, we also have to think about who did good last week because it has such a huge effect Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's no skill involved in terms of actually predicting the games whatsoever in that regard. So, I mean, I can pick a team right now. We have, what, 14 players on our team. I think I can pick a team where half the guys at least are going to rise the max just because of their past performance. Right. So, I mean, that's $3.5 million, and then you add these other guys who also are doing pretty good. Um I don't know if you're up to like 103 million plus, you can field a great team and you can ensure you're getting some big price rises this week. So I don't know anyone that's kind of thinking about this and paying attention has a huge advantage already. I'm not sure how many people that is, but um, I'm curious (laughs) to see. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, but if for some reason someone's playing and not reading like the subreddit or listening to our podcast or something like that, they could be totally clueless um, about why, why anything's going on. I know, um, sorry, Skylar, but I know the official MLS fantasy account hasn't been really dishing out any information about how the game's working. Um, very limited. I won't say any, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mess and I hope they fix it for the second half of this season when everything is supposed to reset. It sounds like in terms of salary cap and um, maybe even player prices will will get reset to to some arbitrary number. (laughs) Yeah. It just
1: felt feels like you actually said it. It's weird to think not only about what somebody is going to do this week, but also what they did last week. Like you shouldn't have to consider what they did last week when figuring out if this week they have a good matchup. And it's like Javinko could go, could have a great game this week, score a goal and assist and, not have a price change because he didn't score in the opener. And it's like, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I think the best example is Philippe Senderos, who had 19 points in the first round, zero in the second round. He still went up the max of 500,000 despite getting a zero in the second round. Right, right. Um. So there is no scale involved in picking that. Granted, you got zero points on your team. Yep. But... I mean, the 500,000 price change is really going to be important as we, I mean, those things are going to stack up. And I think the more you have, the more you can do that. For instance, I'm going to be able to put players on my bench that are mi- mid price range and have no intention of playing them, just knowing that they're going to go up 500,000 and help my team. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. I can't do that.
3: Ah. Not as much, yeah. I mean, if you want to put in a bunch of high-priced guys. Now, granted, if you play it smart, you can just pick a lot of low price guys. That I mean, there's probably enough of them out there that you're going to be able to do that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just takes way too much research that doesn't involve appreciating how the players are going to perform, how the teams match up. All the things that make fantasy fun, this is not it. <laughs> um, but and- if...
2: Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, it sounds to me like we need to get JD on a, an article here to to pick out the top players to invest in to boost your bankroll. I think I think uh article's in order here. I uh, I can I can
3: tell you right now what to do. Just go to the fantasy site, and I know it's not that fun to navigate, sort by points last round, and pick everybody that's at the top of that list. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah, I mean, you should factor in for who has a good matchup this week, but I just got schooled on the subreddit about home versus away teams, so maybe I should <laughs> shut up about that.
1: We'll get to those in a minute. We'll get to those. Don't you oh, worry. give me a break. Give um, me a break. The Yeah, the last thing I'll harp on on this game is um, I've seen a number of people who are basically like they see what has happened and they're like, there's no way I can play this game all the time. I've had some people say, this new ability to like lock in players when their games lock, which means if they're not starting, then you can um, sub them out, which basically means you have to check lineups like through all, all throughout the weekend. And everyone's like, if they're if you're trying to bring in casual MLS fans to play, this is not the way to do it. And I had this kind of moment today where I was like, maybe they don't want that. Maybe this game literally is not for the casual MLS player. And they're making this for, like, true MLS junkies who want who are already looking at lineups and watching games and everything. And the whole, like, cat they'll never grow the game because casuals won't play this. Like, maybe that's not the goal anymore. Maybe it's been years of stagnant growth and not seeing casuals play. They're like, maybe this is just for guys like us who podcast about Major League Soccer.
3: No, I mean, it has to be the goal to grow the casual why? like interaction in the fancy game why because it gets them to watch more games i mean the viewership on tv then goes up um now maybe they need to come up with a different game to attract the casual players and this isn't it but that's a different conversation i think so the interesting thing to me about the changes this year is that everyone has been asking for this rolling lock for seasons and the argument could be made well you know be careful what you wish for now you have it and you don't like it but how about we we just get like a, a six player bench and then you can the players that you actually picked before the week block at individual times but you can't like swap them out with the entire player pool you have to pick from your bench that would solve so many problems um you would only have to really pay attention to your lineup if someone was like surprisingly out that you expected to play I think it would be a good balance because you wouldn't the casuals wouldn't get screwed by having to pay too much attention earlier in the week and figure out who's playing and not, but they also wouldn't have to watch
2: every single lineup when it came out during the weekend.
1: I think it's a great
3: idea.
2: It's an interesting take. I mean, I felt it firsthand this weekend. Um, Like I said, I had we were hosting a party, a birthday party at my house, and so yeah, I couldn't be keyed in the whole time, and it definitely uh, had a negative impact on my lineup. Um, There were a couple of guys, especially in that Red Bulls reserve lineup, like Aurelian Collin. He was 4.5 million that I kind of had my eye on heading into week two. Like, hey, if this guy's in, then he's probably going to go into my lineup. And I missed that deadline. So he's out. And then I ended up with, you know, some guys in the later game, which um, didn't do anything for me. And yeah, I mean, you really have to be if you if you want to compete, then you have to be locked in pretty much every game. At least that uh, factors into your lineup. So I don't know. I mean, I see uh, see your side of it, Andrew. Um, and yeah, I see see what you're saying too, JD. I just I feel like it might be a little bit of a uh, in between. Like MLS fantasy may may have wanted to cater to both, like the hardcore fans that have been asking for the rolling lockout, um, and then also keeping in mind like the players that were stuck last season like when uh joseph martinez was a late scratch or you know there's a, a guy on a double game week that wasn't in the first lineup or something like that so i don't know i don't i don't read too much into it but yeah i mean it's it's without a doubt you're gonna have to be focused throughout the week if you want to succeed
1: yeah i think those are all great points all right let's uh let's jump in to these games or at least to DC. All right. First up is DC United home against Houston. JD, you mentioned a little earlier that, uh, you're a little more aggressive on road teams than uh, a lot of other people are. So how do you like Houston this week?
3: I really like Houston this week. Um, DC United has been pretty awful, uh, in their first two games so far this season, the first game, they were up a man for over half the game in Orlando. They still, uh, Got pretty much destroyed in possession, totally outclassed by Orlando. Um, I know they have a lot of new pieces this year, but I just I don't think it's going to come together very quickly. It's going to take a while, and Houston is just a, a better counter-attacking team. DC United plays the the same style, but they're they're not nearly as good at it.
1: And you look to um, Elise first when you look at Houston. Definitely,
3: I. I think he's been the second best player in the league so far after Diego Rossi. Okay,
1: all right, Skylar, you ranked him um, on your rankings on MLS Soccer dot com. Um, where is he? I was just looking at it. Um,
0: I've got him at seven.
2: Seven, yeah.
1: Which
2: I feel like as I'm looking at the guys in front of him, I've got Sapong, Viaba, Javinko, Joseph Martinez, Nikolic, and via I mean, honestly, I feel like Elise could be in top five conversation because he has been that good. And, yeah, I mean, I think at D.C. is going to be no different. Like, I would have no problem rolling them out again. Uh, I do have two spots below, Elise. I've got Darren Maddox from D.C., which I think if uh, if this game does turn into an open-ended affair, like, that'll play into, into Maddox' favor. He scored a goal, consolation goal, I guess, if you will, at Atlanta. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty clear that he's going to be their, their uh, guy up top, at least for the time being. So, yeah, I mean, I could see Maddox uh having another decent game here.
1: Definitely disappointing that we talk about how DC like overhauled everything this year and Darren Maddox is leading the line. Seems like if you overhaul, you should end up with something better than that by the end, no. <laughs> no offense to Darren that, Maddox, of course. That but...
2: was my initial thinking, but it like it seemed like in preseason it it was they were it was playing into their style okay. Like I feel like he he actually fits their system pretty good. He's OK. My only problem with him, and for fantasy
3: purposes, is that he's not going to get a ton of peripheral points. He's going to be super goal dependent. And DC United aren't a team that racks up a ton of goals. So I, I don't know. It's just it's not definitely not a safe play. And I think there's a lot of good forward plays. So I think maybe I'm a little too low on him. I have him 19th for forwards this week. Skyler's probably a little too high on him, in my opinion. Um, Kind of take the average, and that's where I, I think he probably should be. I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, on the DC side, if Luciano Acosta does get back in the starting lineup, where do you view him with um, Yamil Assad?
3: I think Assad's going to cede some of the set pieces to Luciano Acosta, if not most of them. But um, I don't know. I think I like Assad more. Still, just because he's a little more dynamic from the wing, but Acosta is going to be consistently involved. He's not in the elite level of like number tens that we we know and love to play, but he he definitely has big games in him, and he's shown us that through his first uh, first two seasons now, huh? Mm-hmm. Season and a half. Yeah.
1: Okay. Skyler, you look at it the same way.
2: Yeah, dude. I want to see. Uh, I actually want to see Acosta start and see how he fits in because he. So he was suspended week one, came off the bench this last week, and really hasn't shown much. But I think we at least, you know, anybody that's kept up with him the past couple of years know what he can knows what he can do. Um, but yeah, I think Assad has a little bit more upside. I mean, he's what do he you have? Seven goals, thirteen assists last season. So I think he's just like JD said, a little little bit more dynamic. Um, feel like he's got a little bit more goal scoring upside too. So I'd probably lean Assad there.
1: Okay, I'm in on that. Um, let's move on. That's sorry, that game uh, kicks off at 1:30 Eastern. That's when the late the slate starts. We've got two games at two o'clock Eastern. Uh, Minnesota home against Chicago, and Philadelphia home against Columbus. Um, the top of your forward rankings are f- um, flipped with David via Skyler. You have via one, and um, JD you have Nikolich one. It seems like based on what he did in his last game, uh, you almost have to have Nikolic with both how good his average was to get the price increase and the fact that he's playing against Minnesota, right?
3: <laughs> exactly. I mean, home, away, whatever, when you're playing Minnesota, they're not a good team. So it doesn't matter where they are. Um, also, Chicago and Minnesota aren't that far away. It's not like it's going to be a tedious travel. Um,
1: yeah, I think people and- try to do use the home road – um, splits with MLS because there are significant road trips. Like sometimes Seattle goes to Orlando. Um, but this is like almost as close as you can get outside of like the two New York teams. And now the two LA teams.
3: Yeah. And like, then you're like, Oh, they're going to be in an intimidating environment in Minnesota or it's going to be cold. Like Schweinsteiger has played in far more hostile environments before. (laughs) Um, sorry, not at Minnesota. And I, I'm gonna be honest. Chicago were only good for like 15 to 20 minutes last week at home against Sporting Kansas City, but and Minnesota actually had a good road result in Orlando. Um, I just see there being goals in this for at least one of the sides, maybe both. But I, I mean Nikolich, if you're gonna give me odds on him getting shut out. Uh, <laughs> I'll take him pretty much all day that he won't.
1: Yeah. Skyler, you obviously like uh, Nikolic a lot, uh, but it seems like you've got some Minnesota fear, at least in their attack, with ranking Richard Sanchez eighth, uh, whereas J.D. had him first. So where do you think the Minnesota goals come from?
2: I think you got to look at Christian Ramirez first and foremost. I mean, he was their guy last year. And with uh, Dunlady and Molino out of the equation now, then he's definitely going to have to be their guy again this season if they're going to um, do anything in the attack. Ethan fin- Finley scored a couple of goals this past week. I just I don't think um, that's sustainable to expect him to score week in and week out. I mean, I think Ramirez is, has got to be the guy if you're just looking for goals. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just – as far as ranking the forwards go, then I just felt like Via here was the obvious play. Um, JD's definitely got uh, a point going with Ni- with Namanja Nikolic up at number one in his rankings, but I feel like, I, mean, I don't know, you break it down like Minnesota just beat Orlando at Orlando. Now Orlando is going to New York, which you know, Via's at home. He always turns up at home and. It, I don't know. I mean, if we're doing like a guaranteed goal or something, I feel like VIA's, Via's got to be it for me.
1: <laughs> really going out on a limb on that one. Um,
2: right, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about New York when we get to
3: that. I have some, some counterpoints. Obviously, I, I like VIA this week too. But Yeah.
1: Um. So how do you guys think Minnesota looks without Kevin Molino?
3: Worse. I mean, Ramirez looked lost last week. Finley is... Very hot and cold. He's a player that does not lend himself well to fantasy and arguably doesn't lend himself well to real-life soccer at times. <laughs> um, I mean, he's on the wing. How many touches is he possibly getting? Not very many. Um, he's fast. That's about it. He's not a an extreme playmaker. I think most of the highlights he has in recent seasons, um, as in like the last two seasons... Or him running onto the balls at the back post or something. It's not like him creating plays, um, nice assists, like stellar goals. It's like getting behind a defender and putting the ball in, which is valuable. But when I'm picking my midfielders, I'm not, I think Finley's going to go up against Brandon Vincent this week, who's a pretty good defender. So I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy to think he's going to follow that up with another great performance. And I think it's – I mean, it's obviously short-sighted and a lot of recency bias there. So I would caution against Ethan Finley. He obviously has to pick up some of the offense where Molino left off, but they're totally different players. And I think Minnesota's in trouble until they bring in some of these South American signings they're apparently looking at. So I don't know. The, The Minnesota attack without Molino is one of the worst ones we've seen in the last couple of years. I think they're bested by maybe every Colorado team in like the last three or four years (laughs) other than that it's it's rough i i just i know chicago let in a lot of goals against sporting last week but i think they're going to clean it up i think they're going to have a pretty good game
2: yeah i might be reading a little bit too much into the the home field factor here for minnesota but yeah i mean their attack is just in shambles right now um that's why sanchez snuck into my goalkeeper rankings i mean you guys know me generally I stay away from the road teams and rankings. I mean, I just, I feel like MLS is just a league where you got to exploit the home matchups. Um, and it feels like it's been kind of a tried and true tried and true strategy over the years. So, but yeah, in this case, it's just, yeah, Minnesota, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, and it's, it's pretty big blow, uh, losing Molina right after Abu Dunladi went down to, I think both those guys are going to be out for the season. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one other guy on the salary front that, J.D., you have ranked second is Alexander Katai. Is that how we're saying it? Katai? Yeah. That's how I've been saying it. All right. Um, 11 points in his first game. He could have zero, and I'm pretty sure he'll get at least a $300,000 bump, which is like another one of these guys that seems, for somebody like me, who I have to make up ground now in salary, Like he seems like a must-play. I mean, it, it the matchup helps, but even if he has a bad game... Scott, you have him 10th. He's actually the second highest away midfielder that you have, if I can start going real deep on your rankings there. But, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, he's another one that I feel like for for people who are trying to catch up in salary, he's like a must play because he's definitely going up. I just hope yeah, he so, actually pays off with, with points too.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a leap after I've seen Katai for one game and maybe a little bit of preseason action to put him second. But I thought he looked really good last week. He was very involved. Let me read across some of the RotoWire wire uh, stats on his profile from week one. He obviously had the goal, four shots, six crosses, drew two fouls. He created one big chance, three successful dribbles, 52 touches, which is pretty uh, pretty significant for a winger. Four touches in the box, one shot inside the box. Three of them he took from outside the box. So he's being aggressive. And he also took three corners. So uh, against Minnesota, a team that's going to be on their back foot for most of the game, I expect. Um, I'm sold. I see. Yeah. I see Katai pretty much chipping in everywhere. Um, and that's kind of what he was billed as a really hardworking player that's going to create chances for Nikolic. Um, you're guaranteeing a price rise already for him. I don't see a reason not to play him. I could care, could not care less that he is on the road.
1: Okay. Emphatic. Emphatic close to that game. Uh, Columbus at Philly, two teams that have looked pretty good um, early on. It didn't seem like expectations were that high for Columbus, <clears throat> and Philly was somewhat optimistic after getting David Akam. But uh, I don't know. They seem like fairly even sides when at, at Philly if you do read into the home road splits. Uh, Skylar, where do you go if you want exposure to this game?
2: And I don't know, uh, maybe like a David Akam is a guy that I feel like is going to have a, a big breakout game with Philly, his new team this season. I don't know, though, because uh, supposedly de Bar- Bar- Dachal, I believe that's that's how you pronounce it. I had a, uh, who was it? Was it Stan? I believe he's uh, pretty active in the roto Slack chat. Uh, I think it was him. It may have been correct. I mean, I apologize if, if I'm calling out the wrong person here, but somebody sent me an actual dachal uh, pronunciation guide. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it was a Philly Union fan, so... Um, but I believe that's how you say it, right. So I If think you're reading it, it making... looks like Dockle. Just so, <laughs> yeah. for, for those of you who don't <laughs> know,
1: it's the Dockle guy.
2: But I think he's he's going to be making his Philly debut. Um, they are going to be leaning pretty heavy on him this season as their number 10. And uh, I don't know. I don't think he's 90 minutes ready yet, though, is what I'm hearing. So I probably won't go that route this week. One to keep an eye on. But if I'm going anywhere from Philly, it's probably going to be him. May look at like a guy like jack elliott based off of his first weekend performance i mean that's again i know jd doesn't want to harp on the price bumps but after that that great briefing he gave us at the beginning of the pod that I'm, I'm already looking at guys that are going to boost my bankroll and jack elliott i think had 11 points week one had yep. a five week this past week and yeah he looks like a prime target for that that price boost um even a guy like Andre Blake, I mean, I guess he might be in line for a price bump, too, regardless of how this game turns out. Yeah, I think Blake's even a, a better pick because he could
3: get a bunch of uh, a bunch of save points or whatever. I don't know that Philly's going to keep a clean sheet, um, so I, I'm i leaning towards some other options in defense that have done well, but um, those are certainly viable options. I think, if I had to guess, I would say dechal is not going to start, but... Jim Curtin said he's 100% sure to feature, and it's early enough in the week that we can build our rosters around this lineup when it comes out, since we have the flexibility to switch them all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Anthony Fontana on my bench currently because he's almost guaranteed to rise in price. He got eight points, and he's only $5 million, so the price rises or drops. They are weighted by what salary the player is actually at. So eight points for a five million dollar player is really good, as long as he plays thirty minutes or so. And I think he's probably going to start one more game after uh, his good performance in week one. Then I think he'll be a good player for points, and maybe he'll be a, a good player to have on your bench for a switcheroo scenario. Oh, all right, I like it. I like it.
1: Uh, anyone on the on the crew side? Like who?
3: Yeah, the the usual suspects. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i i wouldn't go heavy i'd pick one one crew player to put in your lineup if you really like them at least attacking wise and um just stick with that i think zardis is is currently my third forward i know andrew's jealous but um (laughs) i also i also currently have a Bubakar because he uh i think he's just eating up like every ball that gets thrown into the middle of the field um He's he's pretty imposing back there, especially along with Jonathan Mensa, so and he drew the penalty last week. To rise too. Yep. He drew a <laughs> penalty last week, so don't like think he had some kind of great defensive game.
2: But he <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but still they gave up a, they he got the uh minus one for the two goals against and he still ended up with seven points. So mm-hmm. I mean he's yeah, he's turning out the bonus points. Yeah, and I mean he had a good outing against Toronto
3: in week one on the road as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's guaranteed to rise. Yep, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, um, <clears throat> any goalkeepers? Or you guys said you considered Blake, right?
2: Yeah, he's, he's pricey, but I mean, I guess if you're looking at that price bump for from a goalkeeper, he might be worth looking at. Yeah, I don't hate Stefan either,
3: but I think Blake's probably a slightly better play. Let me make sure I ranked them in that order. Yeah, I did. <laughs> did I yeah. ranked them back to back actually. Oh, I go. think it's re- it's really tough to read into how well Philly did in week 1 when you look at the fact they played New England and New England had both their center backs get red cards. Right. So, yeah. um I don't know that's like as bad as like playing a some high school or college team in a preseason scrimmage. <laughs> um I don't, I'm curious to see how Philly rounds out this year, because they, yeah. they could actually be surprisingly good, or they could stay kind of bottom of the pack. But
1: They could just be Philly again.
3: Yeah, it's the year for Philly sports teams, though. It's true, so it's true. I hope, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, but I I like the union. I hope they do well.
0: <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. <laughs>
1: I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true
0: classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Uh, All right, moving on. Three o'clock, Montreal hosting Toronto. We mentioned Javinko before. He's going to have to have a huge game to see a price increase which um, isn't out of the question, of course, uh, with Javinko, although um, it seems like the top of the forward rankings get tighter around Javinko. Uh, you guys obviously don't have him first, whereas you know this time two years ago, he was locked in there. But um, if you like Toronto, but you don't want to play Javinko, is Victor Vasquez the next guy up, or is it somebody else?
3: I think I think people are counting on Victor Vazquez playing a little too much he started on the bench uh for the Concacaf Champions League game last night mm-hmm. because he picked up a knock in MLS week one yeah um it's a long season they have a lot of depth so I don't know if they need to start him this weekend okay
2: yeah I kind of factored that into my rankings just the the knock that he picked up and I feel like they're gonna be they're gonna kind of be Touch and go with him, and not really push it if they don't have to. So, I left him off my rankings this week, and yeah, I actually feel like that that downgrades Juvinco a little bit. So, that's kind of kind of how I look at Juvinco. I mean, it's a rivalry game they're playing at Montreal, um, but I guess just all those factors combined with them with TFC coming off that big Champions League win, like I don't know. I mean, I feel like. It's a little bit of a letdown spot for Toronto. Like, I don't feel like they're – I'm not going to say they're going to lose, but I don't know. I, I could see them not being at their sharpest in this one.
3: Yeah, that was a, a draining game. But um, I it was an awesome game. Toronto played really well, I thought. Um, but – it. Whether or not Javinko plays this weekend is a little up in the air. They don't have another CONCACAF Champions League game for a couple weeks, so that's not really a factor. Um, and Javinko got a little beat up, but he had a pretty amazing game, so I think he'll be in.
1: So you won't go beyond him, though?
3: Oh, I think uh, Josie's almost as good of a bet as Ooh. Javinko is. I think a Akeche is a really appealing option. Um, if we're looking purely in terms of points that we think someone's going to score and not price range and increase and whatnot. Yep. Um, I like Akeche a lot. He didn't play in CONCACAF Champions League, and he's kind of uh, a Victor Vazquez replacement. So if he gets in there against a Montreal team that still doesn't uh, really have solutions at center back, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that a lot. I will say Montreal's playing uh, some of their young guys, and they're actually doing pretty well they're pretty well organized they're fighting hard but um that's still there's still room for plenty of errors um with the the roster they're fielding so I'm not that confident in Montreal but they're not they're not complete completely garbage
1: (laughs) uh Skyler you like any of the Montreal guys Piotti obviously has to get some mention but anyone else you have Piotti third actually so maybe that's the mention wow
2: yeah, I like Piotti. I like uh, Saphir Titer, who they brought in. is kind of a box-to-box midfielder. He's been doing pretty well the first couple of weeks. And then uh, Daniel Lovitz in defense. I think he's had an assist in the uh, first two games of the season. He's getting forward on the left side of the field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those three guys are, I believe, the only three Montreal guys that made my rankings. I think I had Man- Mancosu, like – way down the forward list just for for good measures in case you know he happens to get that random goal that he always does so
1: um
2: i don't know i mean as far as anybody that i feel like confident rolling out i just i don't maybe piati is like the only guy that i might be comfortable with this week i I just i don't know how to play guys against tfc or if i ever feel comfortable playing guys against tfc
3: i really like lovitz he's playing very good this year um he he has been a midfielder or like a winger in the past, so it's not unusual to see him get up the field, but from the the fullback spot, I think he's playing really well. He's just throwing crosses into the box at a, a pretty high rate, so I think he's a great pick. He rose the maximum the last 2 weeks in fantasy, so I expect him to probably rise again unless he puts up a, a really bad performance. Um And if TFC are tired and they don't really want to push up the wings, then Lovitz is definitely going to have some space at home. So not, not a bad pick at all.
1: Mm, Okay. Um, it's good enough for me on that game. Let's move to, was it three thirty? New York city FC home against Orlando. Another one. This is a Skylar's guaranteed goal from David Villa. We'll get Sasha Kledgson in his first game with Orlando. Uh, I, uh, I think yeah, Dwyer's still out, so who knows who'll start up front? Because I think um, Pino's out as well, but definitely yeah. yeah. So um, it doesn't seem like Orlando's got a lot of bite to their attack, but and New York City FC are been better defensively, but they're not like an elite defensive unit. Uh, so JD, They might think, be they. So you think they could be.
3: NYCFC are pretty good, yeah, okay. defensively, very organized.
1: Yeah, uh, all right. They've got uh, Chano back this week after the red card in the opener. Uh, so, do you see any hope for Orlando, JD?
3: I think they could they could have a little bit of success. I'm I don't think they've been strong so far this year, but Jason Kreis has experience with the small field in New York. He coached David Villa. So uh, he's a little bit familiar. They have the the personnel that they could somehow find a way to shut New York City FC down. Um, the other big note for Orlando is Lamine Sané mm-hmm. is probably going to play. He should be one of the best center backs in the league this year. He has Bundesliga experience, and he wasn't like a, a bench player. He was a, a quality starter in the Bundesliga. Um, he's not extremely old i think he has a lot of good soccer left in him he's uh been kind of acclimating himself to the team so he gets in that's one reason that i like nikolic over david via this week because i just think via has a little bit tougher of a, a group of defenders to go up against i mean the formation orlando plays the the personnel they have i think it's just a, a tougher game for david Villa. Hmm, okay. I mean, Nikolic is going up against Michael Boxel
2: in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> Man, but Ethan Finley just hung two goals on Orlando City. Come on, like I mean, DC got a PK against them in their first game at home. Like Orlando struggled their first two games at home. Now they're going to New York City, and you know, I mean, David V is gonna feast. I hope. So. I, I I mean. I
3: think Sane is going to make a, a big difference. I think Orlando have had some bad results, and they're going to start by fixing it in the back because with Pino out, um, I don't know. I just think you you play a good defensive game, and then you worry about the offense later in this match, and it's on a, a small field, so Christ knows how to play that, and anything can happen. Yeah. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate because I think NYCFC are a top top three team in the league. They've had a great first two weeks. I don't think they really have any notable weaknesses. Jesus Medina has been extremely good, partner with Villa up top. Maxi Morales is extremely good in the midfield. Alexander Ring, phenomenal as a two-way player. So they definitely have a, a big advantage. I expect them to win, but I just see little things that make me pause with David Villa. And I don't see anything that makes me pause with Nikolic. I'll
1: throw a little cold water because Rodney Wallace has been horrific.
3: Yeah, well, they need to start Moderita
2: on the left wing,
3: I think, personally. Seems so obvious.
2: Yeah, he's been horrific. One guy that stood out, and he's more of a defensive presence, but he's been getting involved in the attack is Herrera. Herrera, yeah. yeah, He's been great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see your point, J.D. I just... I mean, and I do think Sane is going to make a big difference once he gets integrated and once they kind of have that chemistry going. But I just, I don't think one game is going to be like all of a sudden their, their, uh, defensive woes are solved. But I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And, um, any other plays from this game? I mean, I think you got to look at the New York City defensive options. Ben Sweat's been really good. He's getting yeah, he has been. in the attack and talking about a guy that's prices rising. Like he's, I think he's had, uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. back to
3: back five hundred thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, back to back five hundred thousand dollar bumps. And Same with Tinnerholm on the opposite the yeah. opposite fullback spot. Yeah, so I think those those guys are definitely in play here, um, and I like Sean Johnson in this spot. I mean, you mentioned like Pino's out. Like, who who are they going to start up top? Is it just going to be Miram and Miram and Mueller probably? Yeah, Miram and Mueller. Um, which I mean, that's not like that's not terrible. I mean, Miram's been. Even though he he didn't do well against Minnesota, I, th- I think he still got off like seven shots. So, yeah, I, I mean he's still a dangerous good game. Yeah, yeah, Miram's just I think if
3: anything he's trying to do too much, and it might be because he kind of has to. But mm-hmm. I think Miram's Miram's been very notable so far this year. I mean he is, I think he's tied for fifth for most touches in the box through two games. Granted, a lot of people in the league have only played one game, but um, yeah.
1: Good call. Good call. Um, Okay. So uh, next, so that's the afternoon slate. So if you're switcherooing, basically anyone from the games we've talked about should be on your bench in preparation for this late slate, which uh, starts 7.30 Eastern, which is Atlanta home against Vancouver. Um, Both of you are unsurprisingly high on Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almiron, Uh, Differ a little bit on Hector Vialba, which uh, I was a little surprised about. Skyler, you have him in your top five, and he came all the way to ten. Uh, JD and yours, why? Why are you not so hot on Hector Vialba?
3: I, this, the same thing happened last year. Vialba had some big games, and in between, he was kind of quiet. So I think he's just the the way Atlanta plays, uh, the role Vialba is in. I think it's tough to predict when his big games are going to come. You could certainly think this would be one of those games where he would play well. But Vancouver has a, a pretty good defense. They're going to pack it in. And I I just don't see Vialba really finding space, cutting in from the wing. Um, sometimes, you know, he drifts in, makes a nice run, and it, it's a ball coming in from the other side of the field that kind of penetrates and there's some mistakes made. He gets onto to it. Um, don't think that happens against Vancouver. Houston, I think, (laughs) they threw in 47 crosses against Vancouver last week, and they were at home. Um, It didn't work out. They lost the game. So I I think Vialba kind of – he's more of a kind of player that's going to hit on that counterattack. He's going to hit kind of playing fast when the other team makes mistakes. He's not going to be quite as methodical as maybe Al Marone. So it's just not my favorite matchup for him. I think it's a a good matchup, but um, I just think there's better forward options. I mean, who'd Skyler rank behind him? (laughs) Oh, Elise, Sapong, I would take both those guys easy. And if BWP plays, he's been unstoppable.
1: Okay. Skyler, you got a counter for why I should play Vialba?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, like, yeah, sure, Elise or or, uh, Sapong might end up with a better game, but... don't know. I feel like with Atlanta, I mean, they're going to get their chances at home. We just saw it this past weekend. They finally—not finally, the second week of the season—but after that embarrassing loss opening weekend, and we finally saw their attack kind of get back in sync. And I don't know with V. Alba, it feels like right now is like the time that he's a guy that I might uh ride a little bit more than I will later on in the season, like maybe when Barco is healthy and he's in the mix because. You got to think like you know, Yamil Assad's gone, and they're gonna have to have somebody to pick up the slack. And I feel like Vialba is that guy right now, at least until Barco gets in the mix. And so yeah, I mean, when if Joseph Martinez is getting shut out, then I think Vialba's next in line. He plays second fiddle to to Martinez, but like we saw this past weekend, I think he put up what 17 points or something. Um, you just you can't ignore that and like i said atlanta they're going to have their chances at home i mean the place is electric i don't feel like this is a letdown spot for them like yeah vancouver's got a pretty decent defense in order but um i don't know i mean when you get when you're talking top 5 forwards like once you get past 4 or 5 then i i feel like any of those like next 3 or 4 could be interchanged pretty easily so Went put too much stock into me saying like uh Villalba is like top five forward this week, but I, I just feel like he's kind of trailing, trailing or tagging along with uh, Martinez for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: I think, I think we have the same opinion. We just stylistically do our rankings a little different. I think that's right. If that makes sense.
1: <laughs> uh, so who am I, am I targeting anyone from Vancouver?
3: No. I think was, Vancouver, uh, I think a lot of the regulars might uh, not be, not a lot of them, but there's going to be some lineup changes, I think, for Vancouver uh, where they swing very, very defensive. Hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Ewardy uh, Reyna does not play. I think he's a little bit of a defensive liability. Um, you could say the same with Takara, who didn't play last week. Yeah.
2: Savvy's going to jump back up in price again. Davies yeah. played a little left back last week, didn't he? I didn't even see, but he jumped five hundred thousand again. Yeah. So, and he only had four points. So, I mean, it feels like twelve points the first week, four points this last this past week. It feels like he might be in order for another bump. Yeah, I don't know if it's going
3: to be point five if he has a bad game, because I think there is like some kind of waiting going on where the even though it's a five week average, I think it matters which the the weeks that are more recent. So I think the fifth game has less weight than the most recent game. Um, I could be wrong. That's just, it seems to be what, what I've read. Um, but there's been nothing definitive, so I don't know. Yeah. But I like If I had to pick, I would prefer someone that had their big game last week. Um, that said, Davy should still get a price rise. He's in a, a good spot cause he's still fairly cheap. So he's a good kind of switcheroo option. Mm
1: hmm. Okay. Uh, 8.30, we've got Sporting Kansas City against San Jose. I feel like I wouldn't normally go after San Jose guys, but because so many of them crushed in their first game, I have to have some of them. So can one of you please convince me that Vaco is still going to have a great game? (laughs)
3: Uh, The whole offense runs through Vaco and Erickson after week one. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And if they're going to create chances, it's probably through Vaco. And then they have – guys that can finish them like Wando and Hosen. I think Hosen is going to have a really good year. He came out hot in week one. It just looks like he has kind of that – you can tell when a guy's clicking and when he can finish like pretty much any shot he takes. That seems to be Hosen this year. It seems to be Nikolic this year and last year, obviously. Um, Some of the guys where you just wonder how they score so many goals, it's just something's clicking with them at a certain period of time. So I don't – I don't know also supporting kansas city have allowed quite a few goals through the first two weeks um i think they probably fix it eventually i don't know if they're going to make a huge leap here in week three so the fact that san jose came out and had or Vaco and hosen had such good week ones they're guaranteed to rise in price again makes me uh eager to choose one of them at least
1: yeah but basically i mean if if Let's say both of them rise. Vaco should at least. We think he's more reliable for points.
3: I think so. Yeah. It, it's just personally, Hosen's in my lineup, but that's be, purely because of salary restrictions. You have I, salary restrictions? <laughs> I can't pick anybody I want to. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, so Hosen's, follow- eight, <laughs> Hosen's eight million and Vako is, let's nine see, and a half. nine. Nine and a half, so it, I don't know. Kind of a big difference, but all depends what you can afford. I'd prefer Vaco personally.
1: Okay, Scott, you feel the same way on those guys?
2: Yeah, I think JD pretty much said it. Um, I do think Sporting Kansas City correct their defensive woes eventually, but I mean, they're leaking goals right now. San Jose scored three in their opener, and they've had couple of weeks to um get ready for this game so definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him put another one in or two goals on hang two goals on sporting kc here so um aside from the price rise and yeah i think a guy like hosen like in a midfield spot can be pretty valuable here um other than those two guys i just i don't know i mean you guys know I love Wando, but I just I feel like Vaco and and uh, Hosen are the two that I'm probably going to be looking for looking to for exposure.
3: Yeah, you're really reaching if you take anyone other than Vaco and Hosen purely because of the price range, right? Or price rise rather. Um, Erickson has four points. I don't know what did Wando get. Like, uh, let me see, six points. So Wando might not be bad, but he's not going to be as safe of an option so i think stylistically in how people are playing fmls right now kind of whether or not you're taking anybody from san jose is kind of shows how you're going to be playing the game for this first half season because i mean normally would we have any san jose players i mean you know i wouldn't no playing on the road (laughs) probably not i probably i mean i would i would consider them but i don't think i would end up with any of my lineup
1: i agree that's why I hate this price rise thing.
3: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't like it either but you have to have to adapt here. So sure, I sure. think yeah, I think we get one in. I also have Gutierrez who's pretty much guaranteed to rise in price yep. and he's been he's been phenomenal this year. I he's not always going to get you attacking production, but he does everything. Um he's kind of their do-it-all center midfielder and since he's had a huge week last week, he's up to 21 points on the season. I think most of those came last week with two goals um he's locked into my lineup yeah
2: Ugh. yeah i like that shot i like uh another guy that i really like especially with his price is shallowy uh he came off the bench i think first week second week he was in and uh man he's he's been active when he's on the field and 5.5 5 million sign me up
1: yeah that's pretty good
3: yeah, I think he's a good switcheroo guy. I People are really hyping him. Um, I I don't know. I don't think he's quite that much of a game changer yet that I, I'm i definitely rushing out to get him every time, but he, he was really, really good last week.
2: Yeah, what do you think about Johnny Russell? I was just I mean, about to bring like, him up, yeah. Yeah, it feels like Sporting Kansas City have turned up some, some attacking juggernauts as far as, you know, for fantasy purposes. And Russell, I think he might be up there. I mean, I think he could probably, like, flip-flop Gutierrez and Russell from week to week. And then yeah. Salo Sh- is right there too. So I'm, I'm actually pissed. I see you ranked Russell higher than I did. Um,
3: <laughs> I, I really like Russell. He looks aggressive, um, which SKC have not had recently. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he, he is playing on the wing. So I think there's going to be some inconsistency in his fantasy performances. Um, but he's he's fun to watch, and we haven't been able to say that about too many SKC guys, uh, probably the last year and a half. Sorry, Benny Failhaber.
2: Yeah. Hey, how does uh, how does Sporting Kansas City score four goals and Graham Zusi has no involvement in either of them? Like, <laughs> probably because he so... plays defense.
3: I know. I know. We need to remind you every now and then. But, <laughs> oh, but he. I mean, he's he's up there,
2: like. I mean, he's, up, he's in the box when they're attacking. Yeah, yeah
3: I mean, I don't know. A Zeusie cross could go literally anywhere in the attacking third. Mm-hmm. so Or into yes. the stands. I feel like it's coming, though. Yeah, I think, did we both rank him number one, or did I actually rank him higher than you this week?
1: Yeah, no, yeah Scott has got him one.
3: Oh, I had him one as well. I mean... You get, you get the chance of a clean sheet against a San Jose team that we, we think is better offensively, but we have a one-game sample size. And then you have just Zussi's track record, especially at home. So you have the, the chance of a clean sheet. You have the attacking points. I mean, he's already just peppering crosses and uh, creating things off the wing. So he's a great play. I wonder how high he's going to get in um, terms of price.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people are gonna avoid him because he has had a couple of you know, he hasn't been great the first two weeks, so I feel like people are gonna stay away from him. And yeah, I think that especially the hardcore players might avoid him just because of the price the price algorithm. Like I don't think he's gonna increase if he I mean maybe he has a blowout game here and yeah, his price jumps up, but like if you're just looking for that then I think he's probably gonna be one that's skipped over this week. So that makes me like him even more.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, and if I mean if you like him, then I think Ike O'Para is another one, he's down to five point three million. He's lost 0.7 uh so far this year. Hmm. And the the one thing that really concerns me about Kansas City, I think they're gonna get it together defensively, but it doesn't look like they can get the ball out of their end efficiently. So I don't know if it's a problem with the wingers and the midfielders kind of tracking back to help pick up the ball and get it out or what, but they've just been Really poor at
2: clearing the zone, to use a hockey term.
1: Sounds like something Jimmy Madronda should be
3: able to fix.
2: <laughs> hey, Jimmy Madronda scored a goal this last week. <laughs> Back in the mix. Give me a start. I
3: can't believe it took us that long to mention Jimmy Madronda. Yeah, I
1: apologize for taking so long on that one. Um, well, I think that kills the sand, this Sporting Kansas City conversation. So, nine o'clock, we've got RSL home against the Red Bulls. Any idea? Which
3: Red Bulls we're gonna see? Uh Sean Davis, Luis Robles, probably Kaku. Kaku.
1: And that's probably Kaku. it.
3: Uh, I think Bezicord probably gets in, right? Because he had such a good game last week.
1: He's an I easy I, mean, uh, I,
2: don't, I don't know how much rotation riser. we'll see. I mean, they don't have I think you mentioned this in your rankings article, like there's no more concaf champions league for what another month or so or yeah i think april 3rd is the next round of games so like i mean they're they don't really have a they played tuesday night like i mean doesn't seem like they've got enough reason to really rest guys here yeah Um, but here's the thing they they really came out
3: and played well against portland with their young guys and i think jesse marsh rewards a couple of them with another start yeah i think i could see that i mean I they're in love with their depth. So I think they like to, they're feeling their oats right now and they're going to try and um, they're really going to try and show it off again. Um, so I, I don't know. I think Rivas is another guy that probably gets in here, but in terms of who I'm using for fantasy, I don't think I have any Red Bulls right now because I'm a little nervous about who's going to start. Yeah. Um, And they're, they're so late in the week that there's not really that many guys I can replace if they don't, if they don't play, because I don't think I have anyone from the Seattle or Dallas game in my lineup either. So it's, I would be down to pretty much no options from who I want to play. And I just, I don't know. I don't know who's going to start.
1: Well, you just take somebody else from that game.
3: I guess so. I think if you budget for Kaku, for instance, he's 9.3 yeah. million. He got eight points last week, went up 300,000. So as long as he doesn't throw up a, a total dud, this week, he would probably get you a price rise. court's um, guaranteed
1: for one if he plays. Yeah,
3: Sean Davis is probably guaranteed for one because yep. he's six and a half million. He got 10 points. Um, so maybe go, go Sean Davis, and if court plays, switch to him. I don't know. I mean, these are guys, you know how I was mentioning earlier that if you just stash some of these people on your bench with no intentions of playing them, um, these would be the type of guys I was talking about.
1: Skyler, how do you think you'll play it?
2: Probably kind of like how J.D. said. I just I can't really count on any of these guys playing so late in the round. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you want to work the pricing system angle, then, yeah, I mean, maybe leave a spot open for a guy like Sean Davis. Um, DraftKings-wise, I know we haven't really talked DraftKings much, but Bezicourt crushed this last week, and that's another – one that you know when i'm actually like doing real life stuff and then i look down and see him like what did he have like 18 crosses or something and then saying like that like Uh those are are the kind of plays that i wish that i'm in on and paying attention to when i see him pop in even at that i just i don't know if i would have gone there with him because sean davis was in the mix yeah he's been taking most of their set pieces so did uh, did he really have 18 crosses I don't know if it was 18, but it was up there.
3: Let me see. Okay, so I see 13 on Road Wire, and Yahoo is showing me because I wanted to see what price he was on Yahoo's Daily Fantasy. They have their whole eight-game slate up for Saturday. Um, basic course 14 bucks. They only gave him four crosses because Yahoo only counts accurate ones. Yep. So yeah, he, had,
1: he um, also won five of seven tackles.
3: Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, he's a was a pleasant surprise for sure. Um, obviously, Ben Mines, also 17, 17 years old, scoring goals. Um, it was a, a pretty eye-opening game in yeah. general. Um, and considering RSL just got rocked by LAFC, and BWP has been unstoppable every time he's played this season, like, everything BWP touches has turned into gold, and including just, like, long balls that he's assisting goals on in CONCACAF Champions League against good Mexican teams. I mean, he's, like, putting putting passes and crosses in the perfect locations. Um, I don't know. He's He looks as dominant as he ever has, and that includes when he set the goal-scoring record playing with Thierry Henry in MLS. I mean, he looks phenomenal
1: you going to play him? Or is it just it's, the fear of he doesn't start?
3: On the road after CCL, I'm probably not going to play him. Okay. The, the one thing I like about New York is next week, I don't know who they play, but considering all these great scores they had, as long as no one has a, a true dud this week, they're going to have big price rises in week four as well. Yep. Ugh. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're probably gonna have this same conversation next week, so right. if <laughs> Right.
1: Um you guys were very, very different on Joe Plata.
3: Um Well Skylar Skyler loves Plata.
1: Like really loves him. Like there's even a picture of him on his rankings here.
3: Oh yeah.
2: nice. I had nothing to do with the picture, but I mean <laughs> You had everything yeah, to do
1: with the ranking him second though.
2: So. Yeah, so he's – for me, I mean, he, it feels like you're just – you're getting that extra forward. I mean, yeah, he's – I guess he, he he could be considered a midfielder, but it feels like he's more of an extra forward in that midfield role. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a gut call, but it feels like RSL bounced back here or else uh, Petkey's job could be on the line. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if if we can say that this early in the season, but losing 5-1 to an expansion team not good. At home – so if it happens again, I mean, granted, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like New York on paper, you think they're much better than LAFC. So something's got to give. I mean, I think that we see a, a pretty strong effort from Salt Lake here, and it feels like Plata has been the, the guy that's scoring goals. Um, it should be Savarino shouldering some of that. It should be Luis Silva, but it's been Plata, so I feel like I mean yeah, I feel like it's justified. Like I feel like he's a top 5 midfielder this week and I slotted him slotted him in it too thinking he scores again. So you're not concerned about the Red Bulls being pretty good in this game. Yeah, I am, but it's it kind of goes back to like, I mean, do we feel like they're going to roll their starters out who just had a pretty, I mean, not you know, not grueling game and it was on Tuesday. Um I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're going to be good. I just, I feel like Plata's good enough to get a, a, 10 fantasy points. I mean, that's kind of what I'm pegging him for this round. 10? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, he's got what he's, I think he had 10 the first week and eight the second week, and he's missed a PK in between. Like, no, it could happen. Yeah, I, it could happen. It's, you
3: sound really confident about 10. That would be a heck of a call. I don't know. I think, uh, it was interesting that Rusnak is below him in your, your rankings because he's kind of the safer option for sure, I think. He's had twice as many key passes. He actually leads the league. Part of that is because they were getting blown out last yeah. week and uh, LAFC ceded possession to them after they were up so many goals. So, I don't know. I want to see Rusnak be a little more aggressive, but I, think, I still think he's going to be a good player in the – fantasy-wise for most of the year. But I, I do like both of them. I think Skyler's just a little more exuberant about their chances this week than I am.
1: Anyone else on in that game that you guys like other than Plata?
3: I, guess I mean, Usunaki Savarino's... Life, so. Yeah, Savarino's always worth consideration, but I don't think anyone is playing him unless they're really reaching for like a differential. Yeah, feels that way. Maybe like a defender-wise, like Kamar Lawrence, if he plays, I think he's been really good all around this year. Like preseason, CONCACAF Champions League, et cetera.
1: Yep, yeah, he's always pretty attractive play based on just what he can do. Okay. Uh, that's Saturday. We have one game on Sunday, 5 o'clock Eastern, Dallas hosting Seattle. Um, Ladero looks very iffy. Um
3: yeah, I think he's done. He's not gonna play. Yeah.
1: So, does that make you, like, think maybe I'll go after more Dallas attackers because um, Seattle won't be able to attack as effectively? Or does the Wolf uh, keep you honest on it on Dallas?
2: <laughs> well, I think uh, one one thing to note is that Seattle are playing right now as we're recording this on yep. Wednesday night, and then just from the. Uh, a little bit of Twitter that I've glanced at, and it sounds like they're getting pretty beat up. I think Will Bruin's already gone out. It sounds like Chad Marshall might be down, so could be a pretty banged up Sounders squad by Sunday. And um, I don't know. Wolf is a guy that I've had my eye on since preseason, and especially with Lodero, out, like he's probably the the main guy I might target from Seattle this week. But even at that, I just don't know if I'm going to go there playing in the last game of the week and. So much uncertainty and on the road, like I feel like this is another talking about a bounce back spot for RSL. It feels like this might be a good bounce back for Dallas, too.
1: You feel
0: the same yep, way? I
3: totally I totally agree. I think Seattle are are gonna be really vulnerable in this game against Dallas. Mm. I think they their defense is already uh was looking a little bit questionable for this season. Um I think it's kind of the the kind of setup where they're not great. All year, probably just average defense, and then they tighten up around August, September, get get ready for the playoffs.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, Bruins out, Marshall's out already in this game. They're not even in halftime. You have their new new center back that's supposed to be pretty good, Kim Keehee, one of the funner uh names to say. More <laughs> fun, more fun names to say. Uh and Lamar Nagel has entered the match. So if Game on. Yeah, uh I'm not <laughs> I'm touching I might uh I might bump up Dallas's defense in my rankings in a a revision if uh Lamar Nagel is fronting the attacking line. Would you rather
1: have Nagel or um full knee braced um, Jordan Morris? <laughs>
3: <laughs> which which foot is in a brace for Morris? <laughs> Both. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Still Morris probably. Still
1: Morris. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it just seems like, like you said, it seems like a great opportunity for, um, for Dallas to just kind of bounce back. Um, Rudy's always kind of a interesting play. I feel like I always get a Rudy wrong though. So I, I like always hesitate on him. Mauro Diaz, I feel better about, but I don't ever really nail him either. Like, can I go beyond that or is that, is it, am I getting too cute going beyond I, those guys? I
3: think you can go mascara. Okay. I think yeah. you can, yeah, I think you can go fullbacks. Yeah, um, Reggie Cannon, Figueroa. I think they're both in play. Oh. Apologize for my grandfather clock yeah, here. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I actually, I wouldn't hate going center backs either. Mm, okay. Yep.
1: I mean, they're all pretty Edges. expensive on Dallas, though. Yeah. At least for I think
2: their uh, their goalkeeper too is uh
1: Yeah, Mara again, right?
2: Yeah, he's pretty cheap. So I mean if we're talking like Seattle's pretty thin up top, then I think he's worth uh at least throwing in as like if you're doing the keeperoo, putting him in as the, the starter and then if your uh bench keeper doesn't come through the big game earlier than his then put him into action. Mm-hmm not a bad call i have to look at how
3: He's how cheap is mar 4.5 oh that might cuz right now i have sanchez on my bench but he is pretty much guaranteed to drop in price unless he has a good game so right. mar is a little safer
1: i'm not even sure i can afford a keeper this week
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the worst part of it
3: ah <sighs> uh, that's rough like so the the way that you have to well, first of all, you have to focus on price changes this week.
1: It's the only thing I can focus on.
3: And yes, and the the cheaper players are more likely to get a big rise, so it's it's almost like you should ignore the the really elite priced players, which hurts, but um I don't know if you want to climb back into the the salary contention. Well, like and-
1: Nikolic is all but guaranteed to rise again because he Already is it thirteen? You know he's averaging thirteen points.
3: In. Um, maybe, but we haven't seen how the eleven point five right. player that does well moves, because that's like the highest price you can be. So I think you have to. For instance, Joseph Martinez scored a goal, and did he go down or did he? I think just, he did go down. Yeah, he scored a goal and he went down two hundred thousand this week. Yeah, via um, went via
1: went up three hundred thousand after a goal. Yeah.
3: Martinez is averaging six points, but because he started the year at 11 million, it's not not good enough. Yeah. So Nikolic is luckily averaging six points, uh, even if he gets a zero this week. Right. Um, so anything on top of that is gravy. But I, I wouldn't say he's guaranteed to get...
1: Maybe not a 500,000. He'd have to literally get zero, I think, in order for him to not have any sort of rise
3: um even then he would because he's only played one game right but yeah if he gets if he gets another goal let's say i think he's rising five hundred thousand. if he doesn't get a goal it might be less
1: yeah i think that's right
3: i honestly don't even know if you can like maybe there's a cap at the price someone can be like maybe you go to 12 and that's it that's what i'm wondering who knows don't know yeah it's a mystery. I yeah. wish there was some way that we could find out. <laughs> like, if it if it was advertised in the rules, that would be nice. Yeah,
1: I don't understand why it's not. Like, what part of the part of the game has to be
3: quiet? Honestly, I don't think MLS knows. Like, I don't think the people that run the fantasy game that can't be right. I mean, well, they weren't involved in coming up and programming it. I don't think so. I honestly don't think they know the exact formula. I think the whoever put the game together was like, oh, we can do this cool thing where we, you know, use our average score over a couple weeks, so it's gonna be more accurate with the price rises, they're gonna get to get to the price they should be at quicker. Which is true only if the player is performing as they should be. If they have a out an outlier first couple of weeks, then they're actually quickly moving away from where they should be right um like maybe Javinko per se is doing that right now with his one or three points or whatever he scored so i don't know i think it was the it's a design flaw and i i truly don't think that that they know at mls exactly what the formula is and if they do there's no excuse not to to publish it somewhere yeah i'd like to that sounds like Sorry. jd and maybe the reddit community
2: might know it a little bit better yeah
3: i i honestly have no idea i haven't churned any numbers to figure out the formula it's what i'm saying is purely anecdotal based on just the players i've seen rise in yeah. price and drop in price um i right. the game's not going to be fun for me if i have to go put together a bunch of uh equations to figure out what the the price rise is i do that at work enough all day so
1: and you thought the switcheroo flowchart was bad enough <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to uh revise something what i said before my team value is actually a hundred point nine i was one off for reason. i must have had a dollar left over somewhere
3: oh well
2: now you shocking. have so much yeah that's great that's a lot extra it's still you a got more than, you got more than my team
3: oh
1: look at me
2: 100 point 100.8 over here
3: oh yeah this uh this game was not made for for someone that has to celebrate Ten birthday parties throughout the course of a year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be uh, well, right. this weekend I've got a soccer tournament out of town, so who knows how that's going to play out. Hmm. I nice. have uh, Saint Patrick's Day, so that could
3: be risky as well. And there's also <laughs> college basketball.
1: A little bit, a little bit of college basketball.
3: And you know what else? There's MLS too. So
1: <clears throat> ton of it. I all bet right,
3: they're going to get some good good ratings for the games this weekend. You do. No, I'm
1: kidding. Oh, okay. All right. On that note, um, if anybody wants to follow up with JD and Skylar on Twitter, you can find them at DFSMLS and at DraftKicks, respectively. Uh, You can find me at Andrew. You can also find us in the Rotowire Slack chat, which is available for all subscribers. If you'd like to get in, just contact me either on Twitter or you can email me andrew at rotowire.com. Gentlemen, thank you for all of that, and good luck this weekend.
3: Good luck, everybody. Good luck guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer. This is the story of the one.